Hey everybody, welcome to episode 153 of It's Just Bodybuilding. Of course, Big Ron Parlow, our producer Scott McNally, and our very morally flexible Dusty Hanshaw is back. He's not wearing the, sh- the same shirt for a whole week. He's only wearing the same shirt for one day. Yes. Right? So we're going through this. We have two of those, right? Yes. So we got like, share, subscribe, comment, comment. with a question. And, and ring the bell. There we go. That's what we need from you so that we can continue to give you this, right? And this is our YouTube question episode of the week, apparently. Yes. Right, Scott? Yes. Here's, let's do this. Just tell, because I always try to time it whenever it's time to like bring the next question. Just tell me when you're ready for a question and then tell me when you're ready for the next question. I shall... I shall put them up. We have about a dozen of them. There's a lot of people who took part in the last episode. Nice. We appreciate because that stuff helps to boost the show up, helps other people to find it. And the whole ring the bell thing, I think that's important too because we've had people who say, hey, I'm not getting notifications. I didn't know when there's another show. If you don't ring yeah. the bell, you can be subscribed and you'll never see another show again, possibly. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that my yeah. ringing the yeah. bell was so important. That's great. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It still comes through your feed if you're subscribed, but it does. you don't get notified. Yeah, like it just drifts uh, through the feed, and if you're not on the feed that day, and you know, you know what I mean, how YouTube works, whatever. Yeah. You, know? Mm-hmm. you know, wow. Right now, my YouTube feed is all messed up because I kind of went down a weird rabbit hole the other day. <laughs> I've done that, <laughs> and now I my YouTube feed that. is like kind of sketchy, and I'm <laughs> trying to like you know reclick on other things in case I die and someone goes through my YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have that. Between that and my phone, they're yeah. screwed. Damn search history. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. You know how it works. That's all. Okay. So we got some YouTube questions, Scott. Let's yeah. get one rolling. All right. Cool. Get the party started. Uh, question for the next episode. Uh, when we're starting out, we pick up a lot of habits and believe a lot of training and nutrition principles that aren't nearly as true as we thought or complete bullshit. Sometimes we end up holding on to some of these principles just out of habit, like anabolic windows, high rep versus low rep, as law, uh, static stretches, lowers, uh, strength, etc. Um, do any uh, of you have any of these that might not be true, but you still do out of habit anyway? Uh, love your content and thanks as always. I'm starting to think. Yeah, okay. You go ahead, Dusty. Well, I still believe these to be true, um, even though people will argue with me to death on science. I still think fasted cardio is the best cardio for getting in shape. And I still think that going on like a pure fish diet. Uh, yeah, that's a good one changes the way you look it just does and it's one of those things where it there's nothing scientific about it the the you know if you're looking at macros it doesn't make sense it there's no reason for that to be the case and same thing i'm also a firm believer that i don't give a shit when you eat your food as long as you get in today yet i'm telling you that somehow it's magic to do cardio before you eat but in my experience it's the best form of cardio for losing fat and that does not make sense scientifically at all right i see what, what you about mean. you um i'm just trying to think here well the i mean you know they have this science now that says it's you know static stress uh, stretching drains you of strength and explosive power and all that stuff right um but i still really like to stretch a bit mm-hmm. when i'm warming up like mm. People are saying don't stretch at all, and I'm just like, ah, I just I don't feel good about that. I've <clears throat> I've trained without any stretching, and I've trained with a bit of stretching, like get opened up and loosened up and stuff. And I don't know. There's a feeling of uh, feeling of safety and a feeling of like freer movement and and more ability to to bang things out without feeling like I'm not. I don't know. If I don't stretch a bit, I just don't feel like I should be loading things like that. Like, you know what I mean? He's feel tight. And I don't know if I'm just sort of not flexible enough by default, you know, maybe people that have really high default flexibility, um, who aren't tight at all. Maybe they don't have to stretch at all when they warm up. I don't know, but you know, I like a little bit of stretching, you know, I don't go crazy, but you know, I'm a believer that 
you should get things opened up, get more of a pump in there, you know, help bring blood in, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I know the post-workout window is supposed to not be true, but I sure as shit don't want someone who's dieting for a show to not eat for two hours after they train. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, right. I don't know. There's a few of those, you know. Like they say, other oh, science proves that it doesn't matter what rep range you're in, you still get hypertrophy. But I'm like, eh, yeah, I right. know. But I still think like the six to, you know, six to 15 range is where like what all the Mr. Olympia Sandows are. So, you know, that sort of stuff. I think you got to break in with something like that too, though. <clears throat> Training to true failure, muscular failure at 6 to 15, I think you can do that easier without error than you can when you're in that 20-25 rep range where maybe it's just burning, so you stop. Hmm. Or maybe like you're a, like getting a, fatigued yeah. cardiovascularly, so you stop. Yeah. So uh, that's the that's my argument on the difference of those. you got to be pretty advanced because I train in really high rep ranges sometimes, but I don't think that would have worked for me 15 years ago. Because I would have been stopping before I really had to. That's a good point. Yeah. What about you, Scott? Yeah. Man, well, when you were saying the fasted cardio thing, the fish thing came to my mind, and then you said it. But I agree with you, man. Like one hundred and ten percent on that. And I, I don't know. Maybe I believe I believe it's true that things like whitefish, like cod or tilapia, don't have arachidonic acid in it. Maybe there's like an inflammatory thing that's not happening and I know that fish is going to be really high in protein and even lower in fat than than a lot of other lean meat sources so mm -hmm. I don't know and I'll tell you what let me ask you this like if if you sit down and you eat a bowl of chicken and rice versus a bowl of fish and rice I guarantee at least for me I'm going to be starving like in 45 minutes I don't care how much food it was I know that, and that tells me something. If I'm able to process something so fast and break it down so quickly, there's something to that. And I, and I, and then I've seen it in my own life too. If we switch like half of the meals to fish, it does make a difference. So I know that everybody always laughs now and they're like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, fish skin thins the skin, you know, ha ha ha. But I, I do think there is something to it too. I'd agree with it. Well, I, I have never been one to believe that it's the fish. Um, I'm not like, I, I'm just saying in my experience, I feel the same way about, about just really low fat, low calorie diets. So like when yeah. I've gone to a, like eating a lot of egg whites, like egg whites, that's another like I've one. Had, yeah. I've had egg whites, yeah, like three right. meals a day and then fish at two meals a day. Yeah. So now, but, but yeah, the, the, this, yeah. the thing is, is like. You know, they say we need a certain amount of dietary fat for healthy function of the brain. You need some saturated fat to create hormones and you need this and, you know, blah, 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 like uh, that sort of thing. Cholesterol, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes I had success going to like a zero fat diet. Yeah. And just like. Well, you're not living your life that body. way. You know? No, it's not like you're living your life that way. But yeah, like, and so when, when a lot of guys would go to all fish, I'd be like, oh, I, I get it. Like you're going no fat. Like your meals just dropped in calories. Like that adds up for the whole day. You just dropped like 300 calories, Yeah, you know, that's going to add up. So, right. um, but I, I would always do egg whites instead of like all fish. The One of the main things that concerned me about eating fish five times a day is that I was around several people in my life that smelled like fish because they were eating fish five times a day. I've and done I was that. like coming out yeah. of them. Yeah. Like they're, they're in the gym training yep. and they just stink like fish. And I'm like, dude, like you're fucking hard to be yeah. around, man. Like your family's dying, dude. Like go home and eat something else. Like take a break. Like, I don't know what's going <laughs> on in your body, but you got like fucking so much fish in your digestive tract that it's literally coming out in your sweat. I, thought and I never wanted to be that guy. I thought you were going to like say something health-wise, like, I'm afraid of the mercury that's in the fish. You're like, I just don't want to smell like it. <laughs> I don't want to fucking smell like fish everywhere I go. That was just a crazy thing. Back. I remember the first time. Yeah, you're Sorry? right. <laughs> which what? He said, which I back. Oh, oh I, I, I back. back. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to delay yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just, um, I would never want to stink like fish. I would just be so brutal. Oh, my God. So, but yeah, I've been around people where like they come in to train one day and they're two weeks out, right? 
and they come into train one day and they're warming up on the leg press. I remember my buddy Rob warming yeah. up on the leg press next to me one day. And I just looked over at him and I was like, oh my fucking God, that's coming out of him. Yeah. It was like coming out of his breath and coming out of his sweat. And it's, I would love to hear from someone like who knows exactly what's going on. Like how come they smell like fish, but yet, you know, I could eat a lot of chicken and I don't smell like chicken. So what is it about the fish? Is it a digestive thing? Is it coming out of their sweat or is it like, like what, what's happening? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd like to know. Yeah. I think Dusty's on a leg. He, he, uh, we're guys, we just don't have the best internet connection for Dusty today. What's up, buddy? He's just froze. Fro <laughs> How's my sound? Oh, there we go. Do you have any other devices that are connected Back. to your, to your line right now? No, I don't think so. No one's, no one's here. Okay. So she's got one, I guess. Is your phone? But yeah, my connected? phone's on. I just looked. Okay. Cool. Mm -mm. I don't know why it's slow right now. <clears throat> it's exact. It's literally the same box. I don't know if it's just how it pulls into this apartment or what. It's oh, weird. Okay. When you move into this okay. new studio, we'll get you hardwired Ethernet. Yes. Then yes. Own all That's a internet. must. Yes. And I want my own. I already. We've already discussed this. I'm like, this is just my internet. Everyone else, fuck off. You guys can have your own. I'll buy two. Yeah, you need your own. Yeah, you need your own. Yeah. What's it called? Receiver. Whatever it is. Well, if you get like the the good like I have like the one point three G or something like that, like then you can do everything. Mm -hmm. Be downloading porn in the background while you're watching porn <laughs> over here and doing the podcast all at once. Yes, that's what I need <laughs> all to in 4K. <laughs> yeah, all in, all 4K. in 4K. So you knew you knew what I was doing in 4K. This was <laughs> awkward. awkward. <laughs> I, I know you guys I saw me keep looking over. I didn't know why. <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> Yeah, That's I need funny. that for sure. I gotta get that. I might get that before I leave. I can't do this for four fucking months. But <clears throat> anywho, no. Okay. All right. Another question. Yeah. All right. Yes. All right, Brian Murphy, who is a subscriber of the channel, you can see that little box right there. It shows he subscribes. Another great uh, episode. Thanks, guys. Question for the next show: Best ways to approach bringing up a lagging body part in theory i would just like i would like to just hit arms a lot harder and keep doing everything else the same or should i take the approach of dropping everything else back while focusing on arms how do each of you approach this thanks for everything keep up the great work good question well first thing i say for lagging body parts is to make sure they're prioritized in the workout split over the week. So yep. it doesn't mean they have to be first in the workout. Like you don't have to do biceps first and then chest if you're trying to bring your biceps up. It just means you have to make sure that when you do biceps, you have 100% of your energy that you can really, really give her. Mental focus is big thing. So let's say you have really good pecs and you need to bring your biceps up. That would be a good match because you could right reduce your volume a bit on your chest day because you don't need it if your chest is a strong point and you could put more into your biceps um i do think you have to do more total volume for body parts you're trying to bring up but i don't think that necessarily means it has to be in more than one workout i think there's other ways to do it but usually that's how people do it is they'll you know keep their their heavy normal day or whatever, and they'll add volume at another point in the week. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. You can just do more volume on that body part day if that's what's best for your schedule. But I mean, mental focus is a big thing. If you've got something that needs to come up, you need to have your head in the game because then that's where you correct mm -hmm. all the other stuff. That's where you fix the form and that's where you, you know, really work on the contractions and that's where you feel the connection best and all that stuff. So just really making sure that you're mentally like zoned in on that body part and, and you have a little bit extra, you know, focus on it as far as what you're going to do. So I think that's probably the most important concept for bringing up weak body parts. Yeah, I agree. I would say <clears throat> the thing that I had to do personally uh, with bicep growth was I had to realize that I couldn't train biceps the same way I train a lot of other muscles, which was I was unaware of the obvious, which is how easy it is for other body parts to help. 
Hmm. So for biceps, I really had to take a step back and say, okay, I'm moving a lot of weight, but what's moving it? And then, you know, it was really simple for me. I cut my weight in half one day for a set and just said, all right, I'm going to execute this set perfectly and see what I feel. And I immediately realized I wasn't training the biceps. I was hitting them, but they, they might have been getting a, a percentage instead of all of the work. Yeah. Now I train them very light. I think it's key. I, you know, people ask all the time, they'll say, what's the best way to train X or what's your best way to put on muscle mass? And I think that if you were to look at my training, especially at this stage of my career, it looks a lot like my music selection. It's a little all over the place because for one body part, <laughs> it's like just, that. you know, it's just, it's just get, you know, just get after it. doesn't fucking matter. Pull the weight, pull it heavy, call it a day. And then biceps. One day's I mean, death metal. I, I laugh. One day's indie. You know, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm listening to Celine Dion training biceps with a 20 pound dumbbell so I can really lock into it. You know, there's no death metal on back on, on, on bicep day. That's the key. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. You get a little too hyped. Yeah, it really did though. It comes down to just the focus for me. I did not need to add volume i needed to train better hmm. I like yeah. That. yeah train better okay only thing i like I, that i would add just one thing and that's that we only have so much recoverability in our week you know so yeah i've met guys who are like oh man i just love training legs and leg training is my best day you know when i train legs and and they just like utterly annihilate their legs and they've got great legs too but they need to bring up their back and their chest you know upper body is lacking by comparison and it's like well maybe we need to back off a little bit and sometimes it's a psychological thing where they're like, oh, man, but no, like they identify like legs is my day. You know, I, if I don't get in there yeah, and just yeah. like destroy legs, you know, I don't feel like I'm getting a good workout in. But it's like, well, OK, what do you want? Do you want to keep destroying your legs? I mean, you got great legs or do you want to grow your chest and back? Because sometimes it's like maybe you didn't need to do anything more. You might need to do something less and it might not have even be that body. Part. Yeah. It might be in something else. You yeah, know? that's a great point. Yeah, there is great a point. certain amount of sets you can do at the end of the day and you will eventually if if you're if you're you know let's say you're doing an experiment to see how much volume it takes to get something to grow um you are eventually gonna have to take sets away from something else yeah you know yep. you can't just wind up at you know 10 sets per body part except for biceps where i do 50. yeah <laughs> right you know you don't have to be like okay maybe i'll drop to eight sets per body part yeah and then biceps can still get you know, 15 sets or whatever, you know, whatever you have to do. So, right. All right. Another question. Let's see. Keith says, um, love the podcast. Uh, what was the one prep that you each had that went horribly wrong? And if you remember, mm -hmm. what was it that caused uh, it going into detail um, from coaches mistakes to your own sabotage, etc.? 2013 i've talked about it before but that was my worst year of prepping and um it was all just started with an an, an injury early on in the prep hmm. i had a tear a tear in my upper quad uh squatting i had a, a pop and like a rip sound up in uh, the high upper quad and my leg was super sore i couldn't really put any weight on it if i bend my knee you know and my leg got all purple and this was like like four months out from the show but it took like it took like six weeks for that leg to clear out and look better hmm. so uh, by the time by the time the leg looked better i was like under 10 weeks out and i got right. another i tore my fucking quad again hmm. i tore it at the top of the teardrop on the inside where the teardrop and the adductor touch the mm. sartorius and the teardrop touch i tore it right. right there squatting with chains and it popped and i felt like a rip and it turned bruised and turned purple again ran down my fucking leg and at this point i'm like under 10 weeks out and the first one took six fucking weeks to go away right. so i just am bes beside myself at this point and you know 
the stress and just, and then, you know, it just, it just was a rough prep and my <clears throat> leg didn't quite clear out in time for the show. So I had one quad that was dry and, and, and had striations in it. And then one quad that was a little bit foggy with a bit of a film on it. Mm. And mm -hmm. I mean, what happens? I mean, the judges look at you for a second and if yep, they look at need. that, if they look at that quad, they're like, Oh, it's not shape. And it just cost me so mm -hmm. badly. And then, and then obviously like I did stuff that was dumb at the end, trying to fix the leg. Like I thought, well, maybe if I take an extra diuretic, mm. like, let's just pull really hard. Like, you know, I wrapped right. the leg. I even sat in the sauna and then I thought I'll, I'll take an extra diuretic and just see if it pulls. And it did. I felt like it did pull a little bit, but then I was flat and I thought, well, I don't look good. I just, I got to come in full as a fucking house. So I just filled up. I like drank like fluid and I ate a bunch of shit and I just got as full as a fucking house. And I went on stage and I wound up in sixth out of 30, which was my right. worst placing ever in Canada because I didn't make the top five, which was the first time I'd ever not done my posing routine at the night show, which was right. like a huge blow to me because I was always posing at night. That was a thing. I never didn't make top five. Fuck that. Right. Never. And this time I went home, you know, without posing at the finals and i just mm. fucking was just it was the worst but that prep was just doomed from the start doomed from the start i looked back on it after i'm like what a waste of time and money that whole prep was right mm. just fucking puke Ugh. so yeah you know sometimes <clears throat> you just gotta know like this is not happening yeah you know I mean, I still looked like fucking, you know, I still got some pictures from the gym that look crazy, you know, like, I mean, I was big, like I took, you know, I, 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 I took the off seasons all serious at that point. I mean, I was getting big off season and like, I was like 275 really lean Dang. coming into that show. And I just, mm -hmm. everything just kind of fell apart because I was trying to pull all the water out of that leg. And I wound up like you know, 267 on stage without strided glutes. Mm. And it just was like, what the fuck was the point of this? Right. You know? What a waste. Well, you Scott, did you ever do that? Never did that. But mm. uh, I made <laughs> my own mistakes. I, I would say, I, I remember the third time I competed, I, I remember, so I did middleweight. And then the next year I did another, I did another prep. I took, like I competed in the, I think the spring and then I took like a year to grow and then I competed in the fall that next season. So like in one year, mm -hmm. it was like, you know, good off season. And I actually came in lighter and tighter and harder. And it was one of my best looks at my second show ever. It was one lighter. So I was like 177 at the first show and they still let me on stage, pound over. And then I was 172 at the next year. And it was a, my favorite look, still one of my favorite looks. And then from there, I took two years off to grow and then I came back at 194, 195. And at mm -hmm. that point, I, I still had a few pounds to lose. Like, I bet you if I came in at like 189, I would have been solid there. Um, right. And then my coach said, like, well, what do you think about doing the Michigan State Championships? Because that's coming up in six weeks. And he was like, let's try to hit middleweight by then. And we'll just like pull all the food out and uh, try to hit middleweight and see how that goes, you know? And I was like, crazy, you know, 195, how am I gonna hit 176 in this period mm -hmm. of time? And I was like, well, I'll believe in it, you know, let's do it. So I tried it and it was just, I didn't feel good. And then I, I honestly started cheating on the diet after a while. Like it was just the, the food drop was so crazy. It was the only time that I ever really struggled on a diet, but like we went to like nothing, just like protein only. And I don't think it would have been a good look anyway. I think the smart move would have been like, hey, why don't yeah. we do the Michigan and try to get you know five, six pounds lighter. But we were going for way lighter. And then I, I still did the show and it, and it wasn't like a failure. I still got fourth and it was like, you know, it was a big lineup. Like light heavy was like, there's the across, I can't remember how many guys, but it was across the stage. I still got fourth, but it, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't the look I wanted. And I remember still to this day, having my girlfriend shooting my pictures for me and just standing outside in my backyard the morning of the show, tanned up, hitting my poses and sending them to him. I just remember feeling, I don't want to fucking do this. Because it mm. wasn't like the look I, I was proud of, you know? So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would say that, you know, maybe I was done that season. Maybe I should have, or either either not done it at all 
or just tried to shoot for a better version of what I had done at the first show. So whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Now for me, it was uh, real simple. I think I would definitely share this to people. I, 2012, 2010, I got fifth at the USA is my first pro qualifier. 2011, I was phenomenal, but we died too far and I took 10th. So 12 was supposed to be like the redemption show. You know, I had a whole year of like obsessing about it. And my personal life was a complete fucking train wreck. And I probably should have pulled from that show like before I even started the prep. Um, I started the prep, had a CEDO, was doing everything right, and was pretty much, in hindsight, I had been in denial the entire time because I remember the night before the show taking pictures for Chris to send them to him. And I remember looking at the pictures and being like, this light is terrible. Let's shoot him over here. And I kept mm. moving around mm. to find light that made me look in a way that I did not look. It's like, it wasn't a light, fat fuck. Hmm. You're not in shape. Like, it was right. brutal. And I, and I remember tough. because I ended up taking 10th that year, which I took 10th the year before. But the difference was I looked terrible and I knew it. Hmm. And then when I saw the pictures, I'm like, I don't know how I even made 10th. I mean, it had to have been the weakest lineup I had competed in at the pro qualifier because how that was good enough to, for 10th, I have no idea. Um, and it was a double smack because I knew what was wrong. Chris felt terrible. I remember he came to my room the day after, and he's like, he knows me. He knows I'm not cheating. I'm not making mistakes. And he kind of looked at me like, what are we going to do? You know, and I said, this one's on me. Like, I knew what the problem was. It wouldn't have mattered who was prepping me. I wouldn't have gotten ready. It wouldn't matter what drugs I used. Nothing was going to do the job. It's too much background noise. Hmm. But it was also a double whack because – when you nail a, sh- you know, I, I won junior nationals, then I got fifth at the USA as a super. Then you get an off show where you're 10th and people go, oh, it's, you know, I mean, he was, was peeled. It was a fluke. Yeah. But when you get two back in a row, was the fifth a fluke or were the 10th a fluke? Because mm. you only got one of those and you got two of the other. So that was definitely a, a shot. And the only thing that it did on a positive note was I wasn't waiting a year. I was like, when is the next pro qualifier? We're doing that, mm-hmm. um, which was the USA's uh, in July the following year. And I took third and was definitely back. You know, so if yeah. you're if you're not, I think it's something I read the other day. It was pretty cool. Somebody put up a thing. It was just a, it was a story, but it got shared a few times. They basically said, if you can't remove twenty five hundred dollars from your bank account today, you're not financially ready to do a show like without it affecting your life. And I think that's accurate. But I also think if you already have stresses in your life, if you and your wife or your girlfriend or whatever are fighting, it's not time to start a prep. Yeah. Like, you know, or or business troubles or like any of that shit because you can't have it. You know, it's just not a feasible thing. And in hindsight, I look back at when I was my best. And when I was at my best, there was... I mean, I had life shit that takes place. I mean, you're going to get a flat tire. You're going to have works problems or something. But my house life was phenomenal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there was there was five people getting me ready for the USA's. You know, Chris, my wife, my training partner, we were all getting ready for the show. And the year that it was bad, if anything, I was using the show as distraction yeah. from how shitty right. my real life was. And that's... That's just not how it works. So if anybody ever catch themselves in that position, save yourself the time and the money, pull out, handle that shit, do another show. I've mentioned this once before. So you, you touched on a very important thing when you sat down and you looked at Chris and you said, this one's on me. Mm-hmm. I, I've been in that situation as a, as a, as a trainer um, and as a client where like, it doesn't matter who your trainer is or how good they are at what they do or how well they know your body or how great they made you look at your last show or the show before that. If your head is not in the right spot, your body will not follow. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that is a lesson I've seen over and over. And then I've experienced it too. You know, 
So 2012, I did like a robot prep. I've talked about this. Perfect prep, you know, right on my game. I'm in my prime, my A game. I'm fucking prep master. Not a single worry. I'm the best client Chris Aceto is ever going to have. Right? That's my attitude. Like, pictures are on time. They're clear. Right. They're perfect. You know? Like, I'm in that zone. You know, I was, I've been second a bunch of times at this point, so I expect to turn pro anytime now. And I go to Edmonton, and I get second to Antoine. Mm-hmm. And I had some first place votes. And I get second to Antoine. And I'm fucking... You know, I, I saw that I had first place votes and I'm like, fuck, just not enough again, you know? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, a couple months go by and, and I message Chris and I'm like, hey, you know, do we, we want to get rolling? Do you want me to keep some off-season pictures coming to you? And he goes, I'm only going to help you again if it's not like last time. Hmm. Wow. And I go, what? Like, I didn't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> I'm just like, what are you talking about? And he's like, last prep was brutal, man. You were a disaster. You were off the off the pale or uh, beyond the pale. Your your mental state was. You were no fun to prep. You were wow. super fun in 2010. Had a blast. 2011 we off seasoned and it was all fun and games. And then 2012 came and you were just fucking brutal, brutal client. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> what? Because like to me, I did a perfect prep. Yeah. And then he goes. He goes, what do you remember about the prep? And I was like, because that's when I went through a big breakup and everything. Oh, shit. And I realized, I realized I didn't actually remember any of the prep. Wow. Like, I do not remember that prep. No memories, no stories of it, nothing. I don't remember a single thing. And I realized I was just like using the show as a distraction because I didn't want to deal with my own personal shit. I just went, oh, yeah, shit happens. I'm prepping. Yeah. You can do that right. easily. And, um, and I wonder, you know, I, st- I wondered after, you know, if I would have been the same client that Chris had in 2010 when I was all fucking, like, mental attitude was perfect and it was all great and he thought it was fantastic, maybe I could have won that show. I had first place votes and right. I was beyond the pale, the horrible mental attitude apparently. So you just wonder, like, what could my body have done if I was actually willing to let it go there or lead it there. I could mentally lead mm-hmm. myself to a better place. So, you know, I've had clients say that to me too. I've had clients go, hey man, just let you know, this fifth place I got today or this fucking whatever, you know, my prep was a bit of a mess and you did your best. And like, I've had people tell me that. And I'm like, oh, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. You know, yeah, um, it's good, good that you can take responsibility for, you know, some people can't take responsibility for their preps at all. Yeah. Right. We've seen right. we see them. They coach, coach blame and coach jump and this didn't work and that didn't work. And I'm like, or yeah. are you broken? Maybe you're broken. Maybe you've got some stuff going on yeah. that you got to deal with and no prep is ever going to go perfect for you until, you know, you're really ready to let it. But I've been there on both sides of it, you know, but if yeah. your mental attitude isn't good, then you can't expect to have a glorious outcome of your your mind has to be in it in a positive way so i see that a lot yeah that's a great that's a great thing because it's i think that that like you said the attitude is the magic i remember my like you said memory remembering preps i remember 2011 still because i remember having those days where i was so tired and just do getting up on the step mill. You know, you ever stand at the bottom of the step mill and you look up at it and you're like, fuck, fuck here we go. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but I remember I used to always think to myself, like, you know, when I'm on it and I was struggling, I would remember thinking like, they're not doing this and being happy. Right. Like you're in hell and you're happy about it. Cause I'm like, they can't, these other guys can't feel this bad, you know? And, and that was something I knew I needed uh, we actually talked about this over the weekend. Um, when I got into bodybuilding, uh, it was a conversation I had with uh, with my wife at the time. I'm like, hey, for me to do this successfully, you have to be in like 100% because I'm not as good as these guys. So I can't right. have anything pushing me in the wrong direction. So simply, are, are you in or not? 
And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And it matters, you know, because it really, you know, I knew from jump, I didn't have an inch to give. So, <laughs> you know, I needed, I needed yeah. every ounce of help I could have. And I, I was kind of, you know, I kept trying to send DMs to other guys' wives to get them in trouble. I'm, no, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> What? It's poker. I'm just trying to win a game here. <laughs> no, I know, I know. <clears throat> so what do we got? We got more stuff? true, man. Well, mm. let's see here. Yeah, this is actually not a question, but a comment from Scott Weston. He says, can oh, you believe boy. one of my close friends eats pizza with a knife and a fork? Not only is this serial killer mentality... It's actually worse than finding out your friend is a turn the radio down kind of guy. Disgusting behavior. I appreciate that. So Scott, Scott I have no idea who that was directed at, Ron. Scott is not alone in thinking that my knife and fork pizza eating is weird. We got a number of comments, Ron. I'm just gonna let you know. Number so, of comments. Just letting people know the other night I had some pizza. Oh God! And and I I used a knife and fork, but then about an hour later, about an hour later, I walked past the box and there was a couple pieces left, and I just grabbed one up and folded it and ate it. It was all it was it was Proper. okay. Nothing. Well, so here's the thing: it's very technical. <laughs> was that before or after you killed the hookers? It was while well, one of them was dead. The other one was still technically alive. I feel like I go a little, little more pizza. A little more pizza first. A <laughs> little more pizza. I'm a little after. You know, I worked up an appetite. Um, so I, when the pizza's still really hot, really, really warm, that's when you run the risk of uneven topping distribution with the folding and biting, <laughs> right? Because the cheese pulls and the other toppings pull, and then you get the mess, and that hits your shirt. Ooh. And I'm fucking got to change my shirt. Now I got to fucking change my shirt. So this is this is one of my the things that I it, it really upsets me. So <laughs> when the pizza's cooled down a bit, right? About an hour after, you know, an hour later after the movie's done and you got those two pieces and they're not cold. They're not in the fridge. They're just sitting there room temperature. The cheese is like firmer. So now you have more of a secure and you don't get the uneven topping problem. I just, that's a little thing with me. I just thought I'd throw that out. All right. All I heard was excuses, Scott. That's all I heard, <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, question for the next episode. Um, which one, oh, which one was your favorite episode? Uh, the funniest you can remember. I remember one episode that had me crying because I was laughing so much. I think it was the one where Ron told a story about the guy from the army at the bar. That was a good episode. Those are some good stories. <laughs> so he's asking us what was our favorite episode of our show, I guess. Oh, geez. I don't, I honestly don't even remember any of them. I remember having like Chris on. Yeah. I remember having. Jay on, I remember like Hollings Heads mountain t mountain climbing story. That was good. It was like, yeah, my brain is just mush, just a mush of like, you know. I feel the same. One hundred and fifty-two episodes. Well, you've done like a thousand podcasts, dude. Yeah, but so, you know, still, we've I, had we've I, had lots of fun on this show. And I will just throw this one up here too from Chris. He says I'm a thousand percent here for a Cedo since he mentioned him. Okay. I just talked go. to Chris. Chris FaceTimed me the other day. Nice. Yeah. Just did you have I'm trying to Dusty? think though? Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little I, I didn't tell you guys this. Chris FaceTimed me the other day. And you know how I, I see it's a FaceTime. So I'm like, okay, right. he's driving. So you're gonna get the the driving like like <laughs> this is the you're gonna be your view, right? Yeah. So right. he's driving and you're gonna get this shot of him, right? And and I, I answer it and he doesn't say hello. He just says, what percentage of the current crop of bodybuilders do you think are mentally ill? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, we're doing this conversation? It's 10 in the morning. <laughs> it's a little early here on the West Coast. <laughs> I'm on the West Coast. Okay, remember, it was one, one PM for him. He'd yeah. seen a lot of uh, updates by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he was he was very happy when I told him how popular uh, the potato story was, Dusty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was oh, really liked that one. That, I I, I got to bring this up because you guys will love this, especially you, Ron, because you understand. Um, 
so he also I send said, Daniel. sorry, I got to interrupt you one sec. He said, yeah. I, he said, I, he said, Dusty doesn't answer my stupid calls sometimes. <laughs> he's like this is bullshit i'm calling with randomness and you're not answering um so so yeah okay. what are you doing anyways uh so so daniel starts with him and the other day uh la- so it was tuesday before last because i was out of town i said how's it going he goes it's weird and i go weird what do you mean he's like Everything is so simple, but I'm changing so fast. And I said, that's why I wanted you to train with Chris. Nice. I wanted you to understand just how much mental masturbation these coaches have <laughs> yeah. when they're trying to make it look really complicated. He's like, and he said, we're in touch almost every day. And he goes, I don't even know how right. he has time for it. And I'm like, that's every client he has has that same question. I remember the day I was trying to figure out why he cared about me, but he he's just been blown away at the simplicity and how well it's working. And I'm that's like, cool. Yep, that's how it works. Like he. Oh, and then the other thing which you will love, I told him day one, Ron. I said, Hey, when you can't understand a text, just send it to me. I'll let you know what he said. And I've gotten about yeah. three of those where he's like, I need you. <laughs> I just get a screenshot. I'm like, oh, that one's not hard. Like, what, <laughs> what do you mean by this? <laughs> well, Chris, like, well, we, Chris doesn't, auto, he doesn't fix any mistakes. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're reading like a sentence, but then there's a word that doesn't make any sense. And then the <laughs> sentence continues. And then there's no punctuation half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to be. It's funny because actually he sent me one yesterday, uh, and I missed it on the flight. But I guess he called Chris back and he and he got explanation on it. And I finally read it, and I go, well, "I'm glad that Chris answered this because this is a CETA level beginner, and I'm an CETA expert. Don't bother me with this okay. shit." <laughs> it was too it was? easy. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I, I'm gonna pull it up real quick because it was pretty funny. Let's see here. Oh yeah, Daniel. There it is. Yeah. Tress days, carbs go to meals one and two only. Uh, cardio 45, train day 30 cardio, picks Tuesday. And then he sends to me, he says, uh, uh, no needs some translation here. The first line is what I'm unsure of. Does that mean train day and rest day, carbs are only meals one and two? And then he says, uh, so, so I read it real quick, and I'm like, yeah, training days, the carbs go to just meal one and two. And then on the, you know, obviously cardio drops on training days. He's like, and then I get that follow up. It says, uh, I got translation from him. Ha ha. We're good. <laughs> but I just love it. You, you, the spelling is also the key because train days is T R R E S T days. And then uh, picks Tuesday right. is all caps on Tuesdays, except for the Y is lower. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. I just, I love it too. Cause I, I like, you know, it's great when you pre warn someone, you're not going to understand half of this shit, but I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm- think of what Chris did. He accidentally, he cap locked Tuesday. Yeah. Or he accidentally yeah. cap locked Tuesday. And he got yeah. all the way to almost the end of the word. And he's like, ah, cap lock's on. <laughs> Took it off, then hit the Y. But didn't delete the other <laughs> four letters, five letters. <laughs> Those are already there. Fuck off. I'm busy. Yeah, he'll get it. He'll get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. I, I actually used to save a few of his that were funny because, uh, you know, I showed an, a friend of mine a couple of Aceto's texts before. And I was like, this means at 50 grams of carbs, this means and i was like he's just staring at me he's like wow (laughs) how how did you get that from that you need a cipher you need a cipher okay (laughs) a decoder ring of some sort (laughs) yeah 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 okay you got another one shit what do we got all right uh hey ron one episode can you please tell some stories about your time in australia living with nick and allison jones and uh, just your experiences of the Australian bodybuilding scene back then, I believe Nick may have brought you a car to use. Uh, love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. From simply, he's laughing. Hey, I've I've um, 
I've been friends with Nick for a long time. Um, Nick did a whole bunch for me. So I, I met him in uh, 95 when I moved to Australia and I was living with John Davey, who owns all the world gyms there. If anyone, everyone in Australia knows John Davey. Yeah. But I was living with him and I, I met Nick at the same time at the same gym, Archer's Gym. I've talked about this gym. It was a crazy sh- shithole, hardcore dungeon gym. It was so cool. Um, it was upstairs. It wasn't a dungeon, but it had a dungeon feel. And, but it had a wide open wall, like wide open, just vented glass, like a lot of Australian buildings have. So there's, you can't really ever prevent the fresh air from flowing in, right? Hmm. And the, the, the ocean breeze just went right through the gym, in the front wall, right out the back wall. And it was just awesome. And anyways, Nick was just one of those guys. Nick and John took me under their wing. And I was just a, a kid, 19-year-old kid at a gym bag. That was it. So... You know, Nick was a sales rep for Musashi, so he would give me like, if there was like a return protein that had a broken lid or a fucking crooked label or a box that was half open or someone returned something, like someone would buy a product and say, oh, I don't like this flavor and return it. Nick would like give me like all these supplements out of his trunk. Like it was, it was pretty awesome. So, you know, I was getting free supplements and, you know, I was getting picked up and driven to the gym by these guys because I was training with them and it was just, it was just a blast. And uh, the car, um, Nick let me borrow his car a bunch of times, but John actually gave me a car because John had two cars. He had this like shitty old $400 shitbox car that was still in the garage that he just hadn't gotten rid of yet. And then he had the, the decent car that he'd bought, you know? So he's like, hey, you can drive that one while you're here. Nice. So I had like a, like a shitbox car to rip around in and... <laughs> Yeah, they were just awesome. And and uh, both those guys did an endless amount for me the two years I lived in Australia. Like an endless amount of stuff, like just very, very ex- extraordinarily generous friends. You know, help me get a job, help me move, come and live with me, stay with me if you want. Here's a car, blah, blah, blah. Here's free supplements, you know, just all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, great, great guy. That's cool. I know. That's cool. Very um, we got a bunch more here still. Oh. And, and his and his and his wife's name is Angela, not Allison. But I he oh. wasn't with her back then. He wasn't with her back then. Another one for Ron, real quick here. Um, where can I buy West Coast Iron T-shirts? Love to have one. We do get that question from time to time. West Coast Iron T-shirts. Well. Um, we don't have them online yet. We, we got a whole new new giant batch. I would be happy to mail some out if they wanted to IG me okay. personally. I'd be happy to mail yeah. them a shirt. We got some fans that want shirts. They will eventually be online. That's been a bit of a headache. Um, I know I've been saying that for a while. But they keep selling so crazy at the gym that we were having like, we're like, fuck, if we put these online, we're going to have inventory issues and we're going to, we don't have anywhere to store more inventory. It's a good problem to have, but yeah. we just haven't figured it out yet. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they can IG me. All right. No problem. Uh, B East asks you guys or us, doing push-pull legs while cutting low calories are affecting performance. Should I switch to a bro split or add an uh, intra-workout sup? Uh, any low-cal intra-workout recommendations? I love water. Yeah, it's pretty low calorie too. It's my favorite. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the best. It's the best intra workout. <laughs> the, the reason I said that sarcastically is because the intra workouts are going to add calories if they're going to do what he's looking for. Um, I find, and this is—I only know what happens with me, but something I work on with my clients a lot in prep is I'm a pretty firm believer that people walk into the gym tired. They've, they've decided they're tired. They've decided they're feeling their diet, and they are tired, and they are feeling their diet, but you need to leave that shit in your car. Hmm. You don't have time for that in the gym. So you literally have to just figure out a routine that before you walk into the door of the gym, you're, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to be weaker. You're not allowed to be tired. Um, I mean, I used to train. the When I turned pro, I was training at 10 o'clock at night after a full 12-hour day working and stress and everything else. But I would go, I would literally go home, go in my house for a short amount of time. I would change, I don't know what it was, but I always felt clean at least 
if I just, and kind of relaxed, I would walk in the house, put my feet in my pool, which was cold at the time, put my feet in the pool and then change socks, sit there at my table, go over the workout, read it, look at the numbers from last time, write down what I was going to attempt to do to beat them. So I kind of had already put it through my head and then go to the gym and do those numbers. I think a lot yeah. of people walk into the gym both tired and they haven't looked over their workout. They're, they're finding out what they need to do while they're there. Like my logbook, because you're, if you're doing push-pull legs, that means you're keeping track. My logbook was filled out before I got to the gym. Hmm. I already knew what I already knew what I had to do, what I had done the previous week. And I would put in small writing what I was hoping to do that day. Hmm. And some days it was there. Some days you beat it. Some days you realize during a warm-up, it wasn't fucking happening today because you had a tweak or whatever. But I, I really think not enough people have a pre-workout routine to get their head in the game because yeah. I, I don't consider myself superhuman uh, from a physical standpoint in any way. But I think from a mental standpoint, I am because I was beating numbers my entire career up to two weeks out. Like here's, always. Here's a, in fact, I was a, better here's than a concept. People need to focus less on their pre-workout drink and more on their pre-workout mindset. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? What's more powerful, 200 megs of caffeine or 10 minutes of the right type of music with the right type of visualization and mentally rehearsing what you're going to do? You know? Yep. Combined I, with caffeine. I remember driving... I did <laughs> combined, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice thought, Ron. Drugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't necessarily believe a word of this bullshit. I'm just throwing it out there. These are, these are, these are concepts that I'm just introducing to the listeners. Hey, let's just rattle around in head a little bit. I would just up the dose of caffeine and hit the gym, but yeah. well, no, I just, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, you see people, they come in the door, they pound their pre-workout and while they're pounding their pre-workout, they're having a conversation with their friend yeah. and the conversation yeah. is going, well, that girl's just a fucking bitch. I don't know what she's talking about. I fucking call her back. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, her friend said this. Yeah. But her, my brother's going to be fucking doing this and then he's going to sell the house. Okay. Fuck him too. And then they turn and they go into the gym. Yeah. And I think, okay, yep. you had your pre-workout, but you're not ready to train. True. And we all do this. Now, this is not like everyone has life. Everyone shows up and their training partner goes, how's the day? And you go, fuck, today was rough at work. My boss was a fucking dick, but we're okay. You know, I'm going to get, you know, we're on chest day. Let's go. Yeah. You know, like, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you got, of course you're human. We're all humans, but you got to be able to like, you know. You know, everyone's got their, 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 their day where they talk a little much or they can't get their mind right. But, you know, you, you still can, like, maybe it's not till like the second exercise where you finally get your mind right, but just don't give up on that. It's important. You know, I think you too. It's, it's also, if you have the, if you've got the right training partner, it's helpful. Um, Very helpful. I had that happen before I had a, I had a training partner that came in one day and we always had a great relationship. It was, it was like training with Ron. Like we don't really talk a lot we just what are we doing what are we doing next boom you know because we kind of just create workouts together but there's no conversation when ron and i train um a little we were the same way us. yeah you know it's, it's a little inappropriate things but nothing else uh and uh this he he made a he made a comment about something going on in his life early and i kind of just let it slide and then he did another one and on the third one i said andrew i do care i just don't care right now so either wait till after we train or fucking go home because I'm not doing this. And he was like, right. All right. And he looked at me and goes, give me five minutes. I said, okay. He went and did five minutes on the bike and came back and we had a workout. Hell yeah. I like it's that like, kid. You know, he, he understood, yeah. but he knew he had to get there. It wasn't going to yeah. be a light switch for him. Like flip. He's like, all right, I need a minute. Take your minute. I'll be here. And I, yeah. I think that that five minutes is what Ron is talking about too. It's like, there are those moments you get a phone call right as you're walking to the gym. It's your kid from school. You're like, fuck. Well, okay. Hang There's up the phone. phone calls you got to take too. Yeah. Yeah. Th then you just, then you just reset, take those couple of minutes, get back in that mindset. Do not walk over and get under the bar thinking about little, little Timmy smoking a fucking vape in school. That's not good. 
That's douche mentality. Oh, sorry. Ah, yeah, anyways. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. I uh, I have to say um, the resting bitch face rant. Oh, yeah. That was phenomenal. More feedback. I had so many people. Here, here's one. I, I couldn't believe how many people thought I was talking about them. Oh, you're kidding me. Like the messaging. <laughs> like. They're messaging me like, hey, man, I'm real sorry I didn't say hi to you the other day. I was just grumpy. Oh, I'm like, I'm not talking girl. about you, man. I didn't even notice you were grumpy. Like, That's like amazing. You know, you know who has the best people, saying about that is, um, is uh, Joe Bennett. Uh, he, he put up a post one day, and some guy goes, shots fired. And, and Joe responded back, and I, and I will steal this for the rest of my life. He goes, I don't shoot shots. I drop shoes. It's not up to me who they fit. And I was like, that's right. amazing. <laughs> so that was you. You dropped a shoe, shoes. and that guy picked it up and said, oh, that fucker fits me perfectly, and yeah. shot you a message that right. said, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I had a, a lot of people thinking I was talking about, like, people that just look serious in the gym. They're yeah. like, well, but you well, look pretty that serious too. in the gym. And I'm like, oh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about looking serious in the gym or anything like that. I'm talking about the, what, what was the phrase? Um, people who take a bit, of, a, a bit of strange pride in having toxic behaviors. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that sort of thing. You know, the people that are like, they wear their resting bitch face with pride. They like yeah. know it's on. And they, they hold their chin up with it on and they give it to everyone. And I, I guess mm -hmm. a lot of people message me saying like, oh, well, I have to have my resting bitch face so that people don't talk to me. And I'm like, I understand a certain look on your face as like an armor. But right. you also have to be aware that when you then go to interact with the girl at Starbucks, you should maybe smile at her while you order your coffee to you know they're right. keeping your resting bitch face on that has been your maybe public transport armor <laughs> <laughs> you've got to remember that it's on your face and now the three people that you have to actually talk to at starbucks or you, you know you're just not making anybody's day better that's all yeah so i was just sort of like you know, talking about that you know you know ron I, I had somebody comment on it when i put it up it was so funny i love when people try to call me out on my post by the way it always makes me laugh but a guy, a guy commented on it because I, I shared that, and he goes, "Yeah, like the reason that you you're not smiling in the pictures you posted today on your on your trip." And I'm like, the thing that makes me laugh is a you're trying to like call me out, and I'm like, I don't smile in pictures like that because I'm incapable of smiling the way I smile when I'm laughing. So I look like a moron. I look like a child <laughs> in school that was told to smile like. <laughs> I don't know how to yeah, smile yeah. when I'm like smile. I don't. Know. It doesn't happen. My brain don't connect yeah. to what that looks like. Wait, hold on. So, I gotta see it, Dusty. If I were to ask you to smile for a picture right now, like I gotta see what it looks like. Give me. I a, just gave it to you. It's like. Yeah. I mean, literally, it's like I, my whole face opens. I'm like, and then I'll see a. It was funny because Mickey shot a picture of me. Oh, look, there he goes. He's he's getting one. Holy shit! <laughs> he's getting proof of that of how bad it is. This is gonna be fantastic. He's got, he's got something. <laughs> oh, this is great. Now, now I'm excited because he had he like ran out of the room. He knew. Yeah, this is this is when you know you have a real friend. By the way. What's he got here? What is happening, Ron? What's I have no idea. I'm, there you go. Watch it be nothing. Oh, what, we, what, what's happening? Your your cord was done. We thought you were going to grab a picture. I thought you had like no. a proof of what no. it would be. Oh God! No, so so yeah. So anyways, yeah. They, that was the, the shot that someone tried to uh, unravel me with, and I'm like, uh, oh no, I just don't know how to smile on command, kiddo. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you know, say anybody kiddo, who knows that's a me, good comeback. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just assume that everyone in a photo with me is like, please don't ruin the picture with that terrible fucking version of a smile you have. <laughs> right, right. So, but yeah, yeah, that was that was good shit. I just love that. I'm like, again, you also don't understand what resting bitch face is because it's an aura. Yeah, it's not just yeah, it's an aura. It's not just what's face. here. It's an energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't really buy that either, guys. With the with the whole be an asshole in the gym thing, I walk into the gym and probably 
say a form of hello to like eight people yeah. before I start training. And no one ever bothers me while I'm training. Ever. Because when I'm actually training, like during the, 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 the working sets, I think the problem that a lot of people don't realize is, kind of like we talked about in Aura, it doesn't really look like you're training that fucking hard, so people walk over to you. Yeah. Like, no one has ever walked over. Now, when I'm warming up and I'm, like, tossing plates on somebody, walk up and go, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, hey, go on, and they'll walk by. When I've got my, you know, getting my mind right and I've got five plates on a bar and I'm about to walk up to it, never in my career has someone walked over. So you might want to think again, kind of like Ron was talking about focus on the pre-workout versus the pre-workout ritual. You might want to focus on how much energy you're putting into the set because something's wrong. Because I literally am, I've made sure I've made my entire life. Once I got big, I realized that the first assumption someone makes when you're bigger is that you're an asshole. Right. Immediately. There's, there's a, so you need to knock that down the first time they make eye contact with you. Hmm. And it has to stay down. So when I walk in the gym, every person in that gym knows that I'm approachable and that I say hello. Yet they still leave me the fuck alone when I've got 700 pounds on a bar. So y'all are doing something wrong. You know what? I I don't do the resting bitch face thing. And I think I'm going to tell you guys a story. I think it paid off. You know, I told you I was at the mall the other day and um, I wanted... I wanted something to drink. And so we were at the food court and there was a Taco Bell. And I was like, you know, I'm going to get myself a Diet Mountain Dew. So I walked up to the lady and I ordered a Diet Mountain Dew. And she hands it to me and she said, have a nice day. And, and I was like, oh, I didn't pay you yet. And she was like, oh, no, it's okay. Just have it. And I really think because I, I like, when, when I when I walked up to her, I was like, hey, how's it going? You know, ordered the drink. And I asked her, how are you doing today? And she was like, right. oh, you know, I'm having a good day, you know, this and that. And I was like, oh, cool. She makes a drink. She's like, here you go. She's like, oh, no, it's free. Just take it. I was like, holy shit. That's awesome. Know? But like, yeah, yeah that's that's, cool. that's interacting with people and giving people, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't do the resting bitch face thing. I guess that's my point of the story. Plus, I wanted to brag. I got a free drink. Which is you phenomenal. Drink being nice. Yeah. 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 You know, exactly. You paid in kindness. I got I, I, I got a question that I didn't I got a question that I didn't ask on the last one and I just remembered it Ooh. because I had an answer for it. Okay. So the a question was whore. <clears throat> Go do, ahead. You have any, do you have any do you have any do you have any habits, whether they're goofy yes. or bad or dumb, that you that you used to be embarrassed by, but now you've just accepted them? Well, I've never been embarrassed by him, but I should have been for all of them. Um, <laughs> so, so what is yours, Ron? Though, because you you have one loaded. What is it? When they asked me, my first reaction was, "I I I can't help myself, and I've always done it my whole life." But when I listen to music in my headphones, I just can't mm-hmm. help but play a little air guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I still do it in the gym. I catch myself doing it in the gym all the time. I'll just be standing there while Braden's doing his set, and I'm just like playing a little air guitar. I can not totally like, picture that. I'm yeah. not like doing. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to win an air guitar challenge. Yeah, yeah. But I just noticed my hand, my 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 one hand is sort of like you know my pick hand is kind of going or something. I always have. I can't help myself. There's just. And and I used to like if I ever caught myself doing it, I'd be like, oh, stop! Now he throws in a drum. Yeah, now I think once you hit forty, I think it's the forty, the big four zero. You hit forty, and you're like, I just don't fucking care. You don't care anymore. Yeah, like I'll be that guy. I'll sit on. I'll sit down and fucking do a drum solo while Braden's doing a set. <laughs> You're like, what? I own the place. <laughs> I own the place. Literally. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I, I remember that used to be something I was self-conscious of. Like, even I'd be standing in line at a hockey game waiting yeah. for, like, a drink. And they'd play, like, a cool song. And I'd be, like, standing there, like, you know, playing just a little bit. Maybe my one finger's just going like this a little bit, you know? That's funny, man. Like, I, I love that you said that, that that you uh, did that in the gym because literally yesterday on the airplane, we're sitting there and I'm listening to music, and all of a sudden I reach over and For whack and Nikki moves. She goes, <laughs> "What are you doing?" I go, "You're you're where my symbol goes." And she's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry. I'm glad I'm not you should have been standing one. there. <laughs> I know. I'm glad I'm not the only one. You know? I actually I'm enjoy when people like, watch some, well, You weird. see kids do it, right? You see them there between sets and, and, and they go like, they put one hand up and they go like this. Yeah. You yeah, know? I've seen that. <laughs> kids mixing it. That's fucking great. Yeah, mixing. Oh, my God. Air mixing. New generation, Dusty. That's fantastic. Okay. I was hey, trying to walk know. through, but I'm so proud of all my weird ones, so it doesn't matter. I have no more no more questions. I did have one more comment, though. Just to revisit it one more time, Ron's a damn serial killer for eating pizza <laughs> with a knife and a fork. I just wanted to put it up there. That's all. They're repent- They're like they're literally admitting that you're. Everyone agrees that makes you a serial killer, not like a weirdo, a murderer. Yeah, but Ron's so okay with it. it. Is it? Is it that it's too much, too much control and precision? I think that, that might be. I think that might require? be it. You know, I think that might serial be killers are control freaks and they're precision people. In the pride that you take, you know what I mean? Like the pride you take. The way you much. talk about it, Ron, it's like if you don't do it this way, then you are an absolute just filthy. Wow! Heathen, hey, you know? I'm not going to tell someone <laughs> they're an inferior failure. Yeah. Some people want to just randomly eat toppings and wind up with big giant pieces of crust that have no topping left on them. I guess that's just not my problem. Ron just drops shoes, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my god. See, but that's I, I have to say though, and, and and not that I eat pizza with a knife and fork, but I'm a little bothered that there's more people attacking Ron over the pizza than you with the crocs. Like you got people that have your back. There's a croc army There's out there, balance. Dusty. Listen, you got to be careful. Yeah, like, why is no one jumping on here and going, fuck you? He's eating it properly. He's getting the pepperoni on every bite. <laughs> I've had people that are like, if oh Dusty would God. just try a croc on. I've had people say that. If Dusty just tried right. crocs. He just puts one on one foot. Yeah. Just one. Just uh, one. You know what? I, I tried that move growing up all the time. Just the tip. <laughs> just for a second. Just to see how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> Gush. Oh, I'm really oh, sorry about fuck. that. Yeah. Okay. Did we lose Dusty or did I lose you guys? We hear you. Oh. I had a crazy okay. lag for a second now. there. Yeah. Okay. We're good. Okay. Well, well we're right. going to wrap. Successful episode. That's it for episode 153 now. Is that what this was? Pretty sure. Three, this is just bodybuilding. Yes. Remember, like, share, subscribe, comment. Ring the bell. There we go. Did you get that? We got it. <laughs> there was a crazy lag on Dusty, so I assume that came through. And uh, But remember, YouTube questions are where it's at. And I uh, hope you enjoy the episodes this week. And we'll get you next week. Remember, it's just bodybuilding.